Welcome to DadCast Radio. No experts, no formulas, just dads on dadding. Hey dads, Mark here. You know, intentionally choosing to become a father is one of the most inherently unselfish acts that men commit. Think about it. You're basically saying that for the next two decades of your life, you will be second. You're putting this tiny person ahead of your dreams, your desires, and even your own needs. I've been in that position now for 23 years, and I've got at least nine more years to go with my youngest, and I wouldn't change any of it. Having said that, I also get really tired. So what I'm about to say may not make sense to everybody in the audience, especially new dads. Don't be discouraged by this or those who've only raised one or two. But remember, as a dad of eight, I've done a lot of things four times more than you will ever do them. Seriously. I could redefine been there, done that. And somewhere around the fourth kid, I started to lose track. I mean, it's not like we recorded who we taught what, is it? I started to feel that kid was going through whatever stage it was. They were just intentionally trying to frustrate me because why didn't they understand what was expected of them? I'd said it a million times, just not to that one. Here's a quick example, shoe tying. Between my six younger siblings and eight kids, I could write a book about teaching kids to tie shoes, but somehow Eli, my youngest, still sucks at it. He just turned nine last week. Beyond the everyday, there are those events in life. You got your graduations, your concerts, and the granddaddy of them all, dance recitals. Dads, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, who thought this up? Come and sit for three hours of other people's kids practicing their moves on stage to get a 30-second glimpse of your kid. And I'm an arts guy. Don't get me wrong. I love dance. I love dancers. But dance recitals are a special torture. I heard a theory that a person becomes an expert if they practice a thing for 10,000 hours or more. I know there's more to it, but since I've either had my kids with me at work when I worked at the theater or worked at home for nearly all the 23 years that I've been a dad, I added that up. That's over 60,000 hours so far of direct contact, and that's just averaging eight hours a day. That's not counting up the individual hours for each kid. I'm one of the most expert dads in history. I know there's a lot of you out there who have it tougher and you've done more. You have special needs kids. You have medical things that I can't even imagine. You're widowed, and I applaud you. I'm not asking for a medal. I don't want a pat on the back. In fact, there are times I envy those of you with smaller families, and here's why. I asked my wife the other night when we were finished with that interview with my brother Tim for the first episode. I said, do you remember when we found out about you being pregnant with Elizabeth? That's our first kid, our first daughter. And she couldn't. And I didn't either. I remember we were happy. We'd been trying for four years, basically since the day we got married, and we'd gone through two miscarriages, and that was really heartbreaking. I couldn't remember the moment we found out we were going to become parents. And then I heard Tim's story about finding out that Ezra was coming, and that made me think of it, and I was almost jealous of my younger brother because he had this this memory that I didn't have of that specific moment. My life is so crowded with memories, and I've witnessed eight human beings that I helped make come into the world, and eight sets of first steps, and eight first words, and eight first teeth, and there have been a combined 128 birthday celebrations, and we turn them into all-day parties, one wedding, three high school graduations, one college graduation, piano recitals, art exhibits, award ceremonies, and sporting events. I'm tired, but I chose this life, and I'd choose it again. 
I avoid work and business that take me away so I can be here for all of this. And with exceptions that I can literally count on both hands, I've been here for everything, for all eight of my children, every single moment, every recital, every concert, every art exhibit, all of it. So does this make me super dad? Well, of course it does. If you didn't know I was better than you, you're not paying attention. Why are you listening to this podcast? (laughs) No, not at all. There was this guy named Babe Ruth back in the early days of American professional baseball, and he was considered the home run king. But there was another fact about him that not everybody always remembers, and that's that he struck out more times than anybody else. And that's the thing, see? This raising eight kids also means I've yelled at kids four times more than most of you have. It means I've punished the wrong kid too harshly more than you will. It means I've made the same mistake so many times I've earned my expert's badge and what not to do and that's why I waited. I waited until now to start talking about dadding because I didn't have it figured out. out. Trust me. But even though I often feel like a failure, I began to realize that this couldn't be true. It couldn't be true because by some miracle my life was turning out how I wanted it to be. I've been in love with the same woman for nearly 30 years now, and by some miracle, she still loves me, no matter how much of a jerk I can be at times. By some miracle, my kids were turning out not to be assholes, and that right there, ask anyone who knows me, that's pretty much just, that is proof that God exists. By some twist of cosmic divine intervention, my muddling attempts at all of this were turning out okay. That's when I finally realized, if I didn't start this conversation, then who was going to? Was it going to be the holier-than-thou dad we talked about last time? Was it going to be the expert dad with his stack of books and his college degree? Was it going to be the deadbeat dad? Because those guys are impossible. None of their advice is any good. The truth is, I didn't really start many conversations about dadding when my kids were younger. I just didn't. Mostly because I ran into those three guys. And even though I was surrounded by a loving wife and, and eight awesome kids... If you ever meet my kids, you will totally understand why I have eight of them because they are the eight most amazing humans in the world. But when I struggled with parenting, I felt alone. And my kids were turning out great. So I thought, it's just me. It's my failure. I got to get my shit together. Anybody else feel like that? I know you do. Here's the thing. It wasn't about me. The dad thing. It wasn't about me. No matter how much I wanted it to be about me, it never was. It was always about them. It was about the sleepless nights and the missed guys trips and the times that I thought I wanted something else, but I chose them instead. And that's why I started this. That's why I started DadCast Radio. And that's why I need this to belong to you too. I mean, this is my idea and I hope it grows big enough to become my job for a season. I know that's a pipe dream, but I'm not here to brag about me. I'm here to meet other dads whose kids are awesome. I'm here to meet other dads who are afraid how their kids are going to turn out. And believe me, Noah, my third son, fourth child, we were worried for a while that he was going to end up either ruling the world or living under a bridge, and we weren't sure which. I want to meet dads who don't have a clue, because all of us are in this together. We're raising the world, guys, and it's going to take all of us to do it right. So today on DadCast Radio... I'm interviewing some of my children. I won't put you through all eight of them on the same episode because that would be too much. But I just wanted to talk with them and get their take on how it's going. Because if anyone's going to tell me the truth about how I'm muffing it up, it's going to be my own kids. So welcome to DadCast Radio. I hope you enjoy episode two.
All right, so I am here with my youngest kid, and uh, tell us your name. Eli. What's your middle name? Timothy. So if you heard the first episode of DadCast uh, Radio, that's my brother Tim that Eli is named after. Do you like your Uncle Tim? Yeah. You like him to be named after him? Yeah. What's the best thing about your Uncle Tim? He has a kid named Ezra that's 13. He has a kid named Ezra. Are you and Ezra buddies? Yeah. How old are you, Eli? Eight. Are you eight? Yeah. Did you not just have a birthday? Actually, I'm nine. Actually, you're nine. When were you nine? Um, the 25th. So that was two days ago? Yeah. Yeah. So, but what about Tim himself? What if Ezra wasn't around? What's the best thing about just Uncle Tim? You're smiling right now. Why? When you think of Uncle Tim, do you smile? Yeah. Why? Because he is kind of fun. He's funny? Yeah. I've had a lot of experience with kids. And if there's one thing I know, it's that when you ask them questions, you can never know what to expect next. And Eli's about to say something to me that really took me off guard. But before I get to that, let me tell you who Eli is. If you met Eli, you would probably assume he's somewhere around six or seven years old. He's short for his age, and he has a little bit of a challenge with his speech. When he was younger, we thought he had apraxia of speech because he had a speech delay due to a seizure event that he had when he was four months old. But, the doctor says he's fine. The kid reads on about a sixth to eighth grade level. He gets all A's in school. He's pretty much self-taught in just about everything he does, and he's a hardcore gamer. He's not just a gamer, though. He's the gamer who figures out how the game works, and then he tells other people. He comes up with the craziest strategies, and he really is a thinker. So when he sees the world, he'll come to me with the strangest observations, but I was not at all prepared for what he said next in this interview. As your dad, do you think I'm a good dad? Yeah. If a friend of yours came to you and they had never met me and you were going to tell them about your dad, what would you say about me? Um, that you're my favorite dad. I'm your favorite dad? Yeah. But would you tell them what kind of person I am? What um, kind of person do you think I am? I don't know, not as a gay person. What? Did he just say what I think he said? Now, this is not a homophobic thing at all. It's just, I don't have a fabulous bone in my body. Literally. Had I not been an actor when I was young, no one would ever have questioned whether I was gay or not. It's not that I would mind people thinking I was, necessarily. It's just, where did this come from? So I asked him again. Not a gay person? Not a gay person? Yeah. No, I'm not a gay person. How do you know that? Because I know that you don't, you didn't marry a boy. Because I didn't marry a boy? Yeah. That's a pretty sharp observation. So you would tell them I'm not gay? Yeah. That'd probably be a good place to start. If I'm 100% honest, I grew up believing that being gay was a sin, that it was something people chose, and that it was a rebellion against God. That's what I was taught, and I believed it. 
it's what they said the Bible said. But in my family, we didn't treat my lesbian aunt any differently. We still loved her. We never talked down to her or judged her for having a roommate that was the same sex. And her roommate, Kim, who I've often jokingly referred to as my Uncle Kim, who is not a small Asian man, was the one person who loved my mother more than anyone else when she was going through cancer and was there for her as a nurse at her bedside. So I think that led me to the conclusion that some of my ideas about that weren't right. And the more I began to investigate, the more I realized that God creates all kinds of people. People with same-sex attraction, people with opposite-sex attraction, people with no sex attraction whatsoever. Here's the thing. What I want from my kids is to find someone to love, someone to live life with. It's been the most wonderful part of my life, and I hope that they find it. And I hope that they're able to be committed to that person for life. And I know that that might not be a reality for all of them. And as for Eli, I don't know. He hasn't expressed an interest either way. But here's what I do know. It's not going to be about who he loves. It's going to be about how he loves. That's what really matters. Do you like being in our family? Yeah. Do you like having so many brothers and sisters? Yeah. Why? Um, because I have some, at least sometimes I get to play with them. You get to play with them? Yeah. And it's, it, you have more chances at it because there's more of them? Yeah. So they're not always all busy at the same time? Yeah. That's cool. So what's your favorite thing about having me as your dad? Um, because you make food. Because you like the food I make? Yeah. Do we do things together? We played a few games together. We've played video games together? Yeah. What else have we done together? Um. What's your favorite place to go to lunch? Um, Mutt's. Mutt's? Yeah. What do they serve at Mutt's? Hot dogs. Hot dogs? And burgers. And burgers. Are you a fan of hot dogs? If someone was going to be a dad and you thought they should be like me, what would you tell them to do? To play games more. Play games more? Yeah. You'd say, if you want to be a good dad, play games more. Yeah. Yeah? Because that's a big deal? Yeah. Yeah? You're a good dad to me. I am? Yeah, but um, you don't play games that much. I don't play games that much. We talk. Yeah. What do we talk about? Games. We talk about games? Yeah. Because that's what you like to do, right? Yeah. I'm if you've never met a real live artist, you need to meet Anna Morris, my 11-year-old daughter. On any given day when you meet her, she's probably wearing a combination of stripes, plaids, polka dots, and animal prints. Often, all in the same outfit, along with a glittery pair of sneakers, just for good measure. And if you're really lucky, she's probably got on a big floppy dog head built out of cardboard boxes and leftover fur that she's been building for her furry costume and it's almost certain that she'll have a pocket full of her special friends, the LPS, or Littlest Pet Shop. Most of hers are customized. She spends a lot of time working on it with clay and paint and whatever else she can find around the house. She spends most of her time creating her masterpieces and the rest cleaning up the mess after her mother gets upset with her. Anna's the type of kid that makes a fiercely loyal friend, and she's generous to a fault. But if you tick her off, you better be ready to knock her out because she never backs down from a fight. I am here with my seventh child, my fourth daughter. Uh, tell us your name. Anna. What's your middle name? Sue. Anna Sue Morris, right? Yeah. How old are you? 
I'm 11. Who are you named after? I don't know. You don't know? No. Who, who's, whose middle name do you have? I don't know. You don't know? No. I, I know you've been told this before, but it's my mom's name. Oh. Have you, did you ever meet her? No. No, she was gone about eight years before you got here, unfortunately. But uh, you're kind of like her. She was very spunky. It's true. Anna reminds me of my mom in more ways than one. My mom had an indomitable spirit, and she was very artistic. I will say she probably had a more sophisticated sense of style and a more limited color palette, but other than that, the personalities are pretty similar. I think they would have gotten along great. My mom definitely would have loved Anna's artistic expression and the things that she creates. Tell me what you like about being in a big family, or do you like being in a big family? I do like being in a big family. Why is that? Because I do a lot of stuff with my siblings, and I don't like to be by myself. So you don't ever have to worry about not having someone to play with very often, do you? Yeah. That's cool. Um, so is there anything you don't like about being in a big family? Sharing a room with people. Sharing a room with people? Or yeah. one person in particular? One person. Who would that be? Lydia. Why don't you like sharing a room with Lydia? Because she's bossy. It's true. Lydia is what you might call a natural-born leader. Unfortunately, sometimes this turns into mothering, and her and Anna butt heads constantly. Now, dads, I will let you know. This is one of the dangers of having two girls close together. They have a tendency to challenge each other for space and dominance on a regular basis. It's funny how we get this opinion that males are the ones that always have competition over who's going to be in charge. My boys have generally gotten along just fine. The bigger one nearly always wins. With girls, it's not quite that easy. They have a tendency to be very stubborn and to develop an unwillingness to back down, which is something that Lydia also has. Do you ever boss her? Yeah. And what happens when you guys boss each other? We get in the fight. Do you guys fight quite a bit? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Aren't you kind of best friends too, though? Yeah. Do you think that's weird? Yeah. Okay, so what is a memory of me, like when you were younger, something that, that was good or... That you just, that meant something to you. Whenever um, you drew the drawings from Lydia's, like, drawing book thing with us. Oh, yeah. We sat and drew. We used to do that uh, quite a bit, actually, didn't we, for a while. Yeah. Um, and then you guys got better than me, and it was embarrassing. So, I, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but you are really good at that. Is that one of your favorite things? Yeah. She's pretty artistic. Is that something you think you might want to do in the future? Yeah. What do you want to be when you grow up? I just want to be an artist, and I want to keep doing the videos with my little pet shops. So you do little pet shop videos? Yeah. And you're starting a new channel on YouTube right now? Yeah. What's that going to be called? LPS Sisters. LPS Sisters. And uh, it's going to have a zombie theme, is that right? Yeah. As an actor, writer dramatist and filmmaker, I have to confess I don't understand the YouTube phenomenon as entertainment. 
My kids watch it all the time, but I just don't get it. I guess it's a generational thing. But here's what I do know. My family has deep roots in the dramatic arts. We ran a theater company for 15 years. My oldest four children started acting from the age of three or four years old. And so when they say they're going to start a YouTube channel, it means something. Not only that, but their oldest brother, Asher, he's 21 years old, started a YouTube channel when he was in high school, and by the third year of college, he was doing well enough with it to drop out of school and buy his first house at 21. So when Anna says she's starting a YouTube channel with her sisters, I pay attention. This is a pretty tight artistic team with a lot of skills, and I'm excited to see what they can do with it. So Anna, how would you describe me to someone else if they had never met me before and you were telling them like what kind of person or whatever I am? What would you say about me? Um, I think that you're like a carpenter and a writer and an artist and stuff like that. Okay. That's one of the uh, So what do you think is the best thing I do as a dad? You support me a lot. Like you say that all my drawings and stuff are really good. They are. And they're getting better all the time. What would you want me to change about the way I'm a dad? Mm. Getting mad. Getting mad? Yeah, that happens sometimes, doesn't it? Yeah. What's your favorite memory like with our whole family? The beach. The beach? Yeah. What do you remember about the beach? Um, I remember whenever we hung, whenever we hung out by the bonfire made s'mores. That was really fun. When Uncle John was there and he played guitar and we sang. Yeah. But the worst memory there was I cried because I was playing with my two ponies by the ocean. And I let one go for like two seconds. And then I tried to grab it back, but it wasn't in my hand anymore. It was gone. Yeah, the ocean has a way of taking things. Yeah. What do you think is the most important thing about our family? Um, we're nice to each other. What about to outside people? We're nice to them. We don't treat them differently because what they look like or what they act like. That's true. Have you ever seen us not welcome anybody in this house? No. Does it matter what they believe or where they came from? Mm-mm. Why not? Because they're still people. If I was a cartoon character in, in one of your favorite shows, what character would I be and why? I think you'd be Applejack from My Little Pony because you're strong. Because I'm strong? Is there something else about Applejack that makes you think of me? She's honest. She's on- Oh, that's good. She's honest? Yeah. Okay. I like that. Um, so you think I'm a pretty honest person? Yeah. So you like being a part of our family? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you can stay. Were you worried about that? No. No? Okay. Well, I'm glad. All right, Anna, thanks for doing the interview. If there's one thing I could encourage every dad to do, it's talk to your kids. But don't just talk, listen. I've included some hard parts here, like Anna telling me that my temper sometimes gets the best of me. And that's a thing that most people who know me understand. And they see it. It's gotten a lot better, but it's still tough some days, and I'm sure for her, it can be frustrating. It's funny when you ask your kids what they think about you, how honest they'll be. And I'm glad that the one thing that Anna thought of with me was that I was honest and strong. That made me feel really great. Of course, 
I'm also going to have to start gaming more and being more patient, apparently. So, here's interview number three with Lydia. This is my sixth child, the third daughter. What's your name? Lydia. What's your middle name? Lucille. Lydia Lucille Morris. Do you know who you're named after? Uh, my great-grandma. On which side? Your side. My side? Her name was Lucille, and uh, she was a great lady. You actually knew her. Do you remember her at all? Do you remember Granny? I don't. Do you like being a part of a big family? I do. Why? Um, you always have a friend or someone to play with when you're in a big family. You're never alone. There's always someone there with you. What is your earliest memory of me? I remember when me and Aaron were little, every night we would come to your bedroom with a new book and have you read it to us, or we'd have a story that we'd be reading. Okay, what was your favorite thing for me to read? For when we were reading this, like, fairy tale book that I had got for my birthday, I don't remember what it was called, but that was my favorite. Did you think any of it was real? For a little bit. Really? <laughs> yeah. Why? What, did something happen? Um, me and Anna, when we were little, we used to walk around our backyard and say butterflies were fairies. But the butterflies were fairies? Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Well, maybe they are, in a way. Do you feel like you live with much fear in your life? Uh, no. Why? Uh, because I was taught to be a very courageous, not very fearful person. If I was going to tell you one thing about Lydia Lucille Morris, it would be this. She's fearless. And I don't mean fearless just in that daredevil sort of way that allows her to hurdle herself down the runway and vault and toss herself up into the air as a gymnast or dangle upside down as a dancer or move through so many different situations in her life. But I mean, she's fearless in a way that encourages other people. She takes note of that. She sees them when they're afraid and she helps. She stands up for them. She's great like that. And I'm really proud of her. This is a lot like her grandmother. Even though she was a quiet lady because of her generation, she never took any guff off of anybody. And anybody who knew her knew that this was true. You didn't mess around with my grandma Lucille. What would you say uh, is the worst thing about being in a big family? Um, you don't get a lot of space. So, yeah? Yeah. So, what, tell me what that means. Um, I have shared room with my sister pretty much my whole life, or had a room with someone and never really had, like, my own little space that was all mine. Would you be surprised if I told you that Anna said that exact same thing? No. Do you know why she said that? Why? She said you're bossy. Oh. Is that true? A little bit. So, what would you say if someone hadn't met me and you wanted to describe me as a person to them, what kind of person would you describe me as? A very outgoing, I would explain that you are definitely an actor because personalities change with being actors and you're just a really cool dad overall. What would you say is the best thing I do as a dad? You definitely taught us all well. What does that mean? Taught you to do what? Or to be what? Or to, I don't know, what did I teach you? First of all, acting. We all got our acting skills from you, which was pretty cool. Taught us just like to get to know people, like, if you don't know someone, just, like, get to know them, don't, like, shut them out or something, and to know God. So, is God a pretty important thing in your life? Yes. And how do you feel about that? Is that, like, a 
is that like a super religious thing for you? Do you have a lot of rules about how you do that, or what? What's your view? I think I just kind of trust in God. How I trust in God, like it's difficult to explain, but there's not really a lot of rules to it. Right. So, what would you say is the one thing that I could work on if, it, if you were going to say, "Yeah, my dad really needs to change this"? What would it be? It's okay. You can be honest. I can edit it out if it doesn't sound good. <laughs> be more like enthusiastic about things. Like when I show you something cool. And like, you're okay, cool. I gotta work. So see, that's funny because Anna thinks that that's the best thing about me is that I am. Do you think I'm more enthusiastic about her work than yours? Some of it. Really? Yeah. Sometimes on my side of this, it feels like you heard me tell Anna she did a great job and you're like, oh, I want some of that. <laughs> is it ever like that? Sometimes. Okay. Well, I will try to work on that because I don't want to discourage you from your drawing. Tell me something that you've done in your life could be good, it could be bad. This is amnesty right here, which means you won't get in trouble for it that I don't know about. Um, I don't remember. Right here, there's this huge pause in the middle of this interview. Perfect time for me to interject while she makes up her mind how badly she wants to incriminate herself. What Lydia said about me not giving her enough encouragement and feeling like I encouraged Anna more about her art. To be fair, there are things that I encourage Lydia about more. Maybe they're not as frequent. They're not at home um, when she dances, when she does gymnastics, when she performs. That's something that I probably lavish more praise on her for than her art. And it kind of took me back to realize that she sees this and that's something that she wants to change it's really it's harder for me to accept honestly than the fact that Anna told me I get mad too often because this is something that my kids would say to me because I'm kind of grouchy I'm not a rageaholic I don't body slam anyone they've never been physically abused but it is a factor so that's something I already knew about myself but when I look at myself through this lens I don't really like what I see, so I'm going to have to work on this. Now, let's get back to seeing what she's going to tell me and how much trouble she's actually going to be in when this interview is over. I don't think you're telling me the whole truth here. There are things you remember that you don't want to share, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so tell me one thing. Okay, when we were at the old house, you had, like, candy that would just sit on your table, like, on your desk sometimes, or, like, spicy chips at the old house, and I'd go around and be like, ooh, these are just sitting here. I'm going to just take one and eat it. And then i walk away eating a little chip. <laughs> you eat my food? <laughs> That's your big secret? Yeah. <laughs> and now you like spicy things, right? Yeah. So I used to buy the spicy stuff because none of my kids would eat it. But then as some of them got older, a few of them have started to like it. And Lydia definitely is the one. Have you ever stolen anything? I did one time. Cause what did you steal? We were at a thrift store and it was this little uh, panda, Kung Fu Panda. And he didn't have a sticker on him. Yeah. Like a tag on him that said like the price of stuff. I was like, oh, someone must have just left this here. I took it out, out of the store and... Mom got mad at me and I cried. If you were going to give another dad advice, like somebody said, 
I'm, I'm thinking of becoming a father. What's one thing that that uh, you would tell me to do more of, or or to be like, um, based on what your dad did? Definitely, if your kid does something wrong, put them in their place. Like, make sure that they're not doing it. Like, make them do the right thing. Wow, that's a really mature answer. What th- do you think that's been a good thing for you? Yes. To remind you of what the right thing to do is sometimes. Yeah. Because you can be a little bit stubborn. Yeah. Right. And I have to keep talking to you until you find your heart again. Yeah. Yes? Because you're all up in your head and you're angry. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to add? Um, no. Okay. Thanks. Mm-hmm. And that's a wrap for episode two of DadCast Radio. No experts, no formulas, just dads talking about dadding. So today it's been just me and I've learned a lot about myself. If you'd like to contribute... I'd love to have you on to interview you about your dad experience. You can contact me on the Facebook page at DadCast Radio. You can find us at Anchor Podcasts at DadCast Radio. And pretty much everywhere the podcasts are served up hot and fresh, you can find our content. So be sure you like us. Be sure you follow us. Go over to Stitcher and give us a five-star rating. Slip over to Patreon and donate 100 bucks a month to help us keep it going. Whatever you can do, we'd love to have you. So join our Facebook group. Get involved. But most of all... Take time to be a dad to your kids this week. All right, you guys have a great week. I'll see you later. If a friend of yours came to you and they had never met me and you were going to tell them about your dad, what would you say about me? Um, that you're my favorite dad. I'm your favorite dad? Yeah. But would you tell him what kind of person I am? What um, kind of person do you think I am? I don't know. Not a gay person. What? Not a gay person. Not a gay person? Yeah. No, I'm not a gay person. How do you know that? Because I know that you don't... You didn't marry a boy. Because I didn't marry a boy? Yeah. That's a pretty sharp observation. So you would tell them I'm not gay? Yeah. That'd probably be a good place to start. Yeah.